0: It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Rescuers Radio Show at Faith Talk 1360 and faithtalk1360.com. You can also find the Rescuers Radio Show on podcast on Spotify, iPodcast, Instagram, uh, Facebook, almost anywhere you look. Just uh, look up Rescuers Radio Show, and you'll find us. Uh, all of the shows that we've we've had so far, and and uh, this episode of Rescuers is um, is quite excited for me, quite exciting for me as a military veteran to be talking to a uh, a proven military leader for over twenty years. Scott Clark, hi Scott, hi Art. So uh, thank you for being on Rescuers today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And you have some stories that are going to be quite compelling for our audience, and, um, and I'd like to start, though, to acquaint our audience with who you are. What's your backstory, and how did you get to this point in your life?
1: Well, I uh, joined the Arizona Army National Guard in 1984 and um, served for about 27 years in various capacities, all in Army aviation. Uh, I was uh, started out as a mechanic in flight operations, did all kinds of enlisted activities that are uh, a lot of fun, and then uh, decided to go to officer candidate school and flight school. So, had a little bit more fun there, and uh, eventually. Uh, that led to a pre-deployment uh or not a pre-deployment but a, a deployment pre-911 uh to Central America mm. for 6 months uh, it was uh and you uh, call that fun? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, it's all fun. There's just various levels of fun. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> now the uh the deployment was in El Salvador Uh, Spent a little time there, Honduras, um, around Central America areas, uh, supporting humanitarian aid to uh, uh, hurricane relief. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was six months. Ended up leaving that. Uh, Went back to my National Guard duties, uh, part-time job, well, part-time, shoot, National Guard as a... A helicopter pilot and an officer, commission officer, is uh, never part time. It's a full time job. <laughs> be, yeah, um, but also worked uh, electronics repair as a uh, uh, manager at different levels with uh, different companies: Circuit City, Ultimate Electronics. Rockford, Fosgate. You're dating yourself, you know. Yes.
0: <laughs> Talking about companies that
1: don't exist anymore. They don't anymore. exist anymore. Rock, Rockford, <laughs> Fosgate still exists. Oh, there you go. Yes. Okay. <laughs> They're still good. Um, but did that at the uh, higher levels of management and um, enjoyed that immensely for many, many years. And eventually that led up to my deployment to Afghanistan in 2007. Um January of 2007 hit the was that ground. That's still fun. Af- uh again, various levels of fun. It ranges from 0 to 10. So, it's always on the fun scale.
0: So, uh when you went to Afghanistan, you were uh
1: you were in combat, you were you Correct. were from the sky. I was uh, an Apache helicopter pilot. Uh the the Apache is a two-seat uh combat attack helicopter. And our job was close air attack and uh, close ground support for uh, troops in and around uh, southern Af- Afghanistan is where we were at.
0: Aren't they built here in in the Phoenix area? In Mesa, yeah. correct, yeah. correct. The uh, Boeing company builds the Apache now. I just offended somebody in Mesa because I said in Phoenix. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well. Uh, They'll get over it. They'll get over it. Um, So,
1: tours of duty to Afghanistan, more than one? It was one. One was enough for me. Okay. uh, Unfortunately, uh, because of a pretty hellacious helicopter crash in August of 2007, that did my. Let's go into
0: that in a moment. But first, uh, what, what was the level of battle when you first got to Afghanistan? Um, Very it, engaged, not so much.
1: At first it was a little slow, but it picked up. The uh, Taliban ended up having their surge. Like in Iraq, we had our surge. Well, the Taliban had their own surge in 2007. And they usually went back home whenever it got cold. They'd go to Pakistan or go back to their houses and uh you know hunker down for the winter but uh this and year kinda
0: interesting concept no 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 uh, no battleground uh, because it's winter
1: yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah they they were pretty uh up to this point they were pretty uh few and far between the fights yeah. during the winter okay but uh this year they decided they were going to stay and fight mm. and so it was uh uh Knife fight, basically, for a year. Knife up close fight. and
0: personal. Up close and personal. Wow. So you're, uh, when I talked to you before the show, your main concern, if I get it right, was uh, troop carriage and dropping off and picking up troops from, from in-country?
1: Um, that was some of the job duties that we had, escorting uh, troop carrier aircraft around the, the country so that they could drop the troops off safely. Mm-hmm. Uh, another task we had was quick reaction force, which uh, quick reaction force is any type of troops in contact or tick activity. Uh, we explain, get, explain what that is for our audience. Troops in contact would be any time the uh, U.S. or our allies got into a, a firefight with uh, – The Taliban or some other organization that was out there, Mm -hmm. uh, we would uh, respond to that by launching two attack helicopters to provide close air support for them. Uh,
0: So at some point in time, you were in such an activity and you went down. Actually, uh, yes. Don't be afraid to go into great detail here either. (laughs) <laughs> okay time time's not an issue right now okay. i'll tell you when it is <laughs> that sounds
1: fair now the uh the activity that i was in was a uh, combat search and rescue for another helicopter that had gone down earlier in the evening uh we were to su- support support their recovery the crew's recovery from the crash um it initially was supposed to be two attack helicopters, Apaches, escorting uh, uh, HH-60 Blackhawk from the Air Force with some PJs on board, para-rescue folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they ended up running out of fuel and weren't able to continue the mission. So we all went to separate locations to get some gas, and it was decided that a uh, uh, UH UH-60 Blackhawk, an Army UH UH-60 Blackhawk would continue with us, uh, Apaches, to provide the recovery of the downed air crew. Um, Basically what happened is for some reason my night vision system went out. We were about two or three minutes from the crash site. When it went out, and I could not see outside the aircraft. It was midnight in a thunderstorm. Oh, my gosh. Zero illumination, so there was no light out. There was no stars. There were no moon, nothing for night vision goggles to really be able to see, which was my uh, alternate uh, visionics. eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, We experienced something called infrared crossover, which pretty much – obliterated the uh use of the alternate FLIR sensor that uh that was available Uh, i flew on that for a few minutes but it was such a poor picture that i couldn't really make a difference between what anything looked like out there the trees the rocks the water etc so um i got my night vision goggles on tried to Uh, fly that way, was not able to. And um, there's two of you? There's two of us, correct. Okay. Uh, There was some transferring of the controls, trying to get establish uh, visibility outside the aircraft and maintain flight of the aircraft. Um, And about five seconds before impact, uh, I was able to see steep rising terrain with trees on it. Through a night vision goggle tube, my left night vision goggle tube, and uh, outside the cockpit. And I knew I was going to crash. In five seconds amount of time. <laughs> well, I didn't know it was going to be five seconds. <laughs> I just knew I was going to crash. Yeah. Uh, um, uh Betty, the cockpit voice that uh, tells you things in the Apache Uh, said that my altitude was low. I had set the altitude bug for 200 feet, Mm. which meant that at 180 feet, her voice would come on and say altitude low. So there's a Siri for attack helicopters? Yes. (laughs) Uh, Of course. Unfortunately, they they won't do anything. They won't respond to your voice, but you have to respond to her voice. Okay. It's very important. You never want to hear her voice, in other words. Uh, Not unless you're coming in for a landing. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what ended up happening was the whole song, Jesus Take the Wheel, went through my head. Uh, I knew what I wanted to do to the flight controls in order to have the biggest chance of survival in the crash. And um, I prayed harder than I ever prayed before in my life. Uh, I I felt that I had the faith of the mustard seed. Uh, There was a mountain in front of me. I saw the mountain under the night vision goggles with the steep rising terrain and Mm -hmm. everything. But um, what occurred to me at that moment was that God put that mountain there for a reason. And who was I to move that mountain? So I did everything I could and then left it to Jesus to do the rest. Wow. So we impacted. So you stopped trying to control? I stopped trying to control. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Turned it all over to Jesus. Yep. Uh there was nothing else I could do. I was I was at my end. Uh so, that's the,
0: where so the crash happened. happens. And you were unconscious
1: Mm -hmm. until help came, maybe, or... No, no. no. Unfortunately, uh, it was... I came to with um, something dripping off my face. I thought it was the aircraft. It was me that had sprung a lake. Mm. Um, Had several injuries... Uh, dislocated thyroid cartilage. I didn't realize this at the time. Uh, nine bulging discs in my back. Uh, the cyclic, the stick in the middle, hit my left knee and tore it up, uh, broke my nose. So when, when the helicopter hit the mountain mm-hmm.
0: and and you dropped, were you upside down, right side up?
1: Oh, Um we we impacted the ground, then rolled downhill yeah. for about 200 meters plus. Wow. Then uh, I was laying on my right side and kind of uphill. So it, it wasn't upside down, but it was okay. an unusual attitude for sure. Um, got out of the helicopter, found my front seater, uh, Chris, who uh, was severely concussed um he was still unconscious little humorous thing here he came to and i asked him if he could move his legs and he said yes and uh i was like on an emotional roller coaster all right he's he's okay you know yay then uh he says no i can't move my legs so I went from the high of the emotional roller coaster to the low of the mm. emotional roller coaster. Yeah. And then he says, Yes, I can. Now, Chris is beat to a bloody pulp. Mm. There's blood and glass and lacerations all over him. But I wanted to beat him up at that moment because he put me through that emotional roller coaster. If he wasn't so messed up, I probably would have hit. Him. Um But we ended up getting him out of the helicopter eventually, getting him on the ground, uh, providing uh, uh, some communication with our National Guard Stop Bullet for Less uh, radio, survival radio that we had that was one step above Vietnam era. Didn't have the satellite. (laughs) Didn't have the satellite communication. I know that era pretty well. Yes. Yes, you do. (laughs) Uh, Didn't have uh, GPS embedded in it or anything. Uh, the later after the crash they ended up getting the radios for us that we needed they're called C cell radios Mm -hmm. but uh, myself and the other helicopter that crashed that evening did not have the appropriate (laughs) equipment Um, so we actually escaped and evaded for about two and a half hours Uh, Chris was pretty much out of it for the first two hours uh, he had, a, like I said, a severe concussion, yep. and uh, he actually had a broken neck. Oh, Didn't geez. realize it at the mm. time. Uh, but then the Black Hawk that was with us in the uh, yeah. attempt to rescue the other, I down was just getting part,
0: ready to ask because you had someone else with flying with you, right? Yes, Another craft. Yes,
1: they they ended up picking us up. Okay, they were going back for some fuel. And they ended up picking us up and taking us back to the base for okay. medical treatment. Wow. So uh, all of that happens to you. Mm-hmm. It
0: strengthened your faith in Jesus. Oh, yes. <laughs> Very much so. And um, today, uh, you never flew again.
1: Uh, that's not correct. I did. You did? Uh, three weeks later, I was flying. The Army said that there was nothing wrong with me except muscle strain. Oh, uh they They were a little bit mistaken uh, so uh I flew for about another three and a half months, and then um, the pain got too much mm-hmm. for me, so I ended up getting grounded and never flew after that but yeah. I wow. was in Afghanistan flying for about another three and a half months okay uh with with
0: Interesting thoughts running through your head, I would think. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, you know,
0: I, I, I just stayed focused on the mission at hand. Yeah, that's, I understand that. So I, I want to move on to sure. uh, your present day life. Okay. After all of the excitement and mm-hmm. so-called fun. <laughs>
1: um,
0: um, you, are, you now have a very unique mission. Uh, Christian mission going. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell us about what that is.
1: Well, um, I was suffering pretty heavily from PTSD from my experiences there in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. And uh, a man came to me, uh, his son was having some issues with PTSD, and he handed me a book called The Combat Trauma Healing Manual. And he asked me if that was helpful in for his son would be helpful for his son because he knew I had PTSD. We went to church together and stuff. Okay. So um, I was like, great, a book, threw it in the back seat of my car, forgot about it." And uh, this guy's name, that guy, guy thing, yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> uh, this man's name is Jeff Cox. He I didn't know this at the time, but he's a evangelist for he makes disciples for uh, high school kids and just an amazing man of god but um i got this overwhelming feeling from the holy spirit i later figured out uh to give jeff a call about a month and a half later and just talk to him i didn't know what i was going to say how i was going to put it um so the next day we have breakfast he uh he sits there and listens to what I have to say for about a half an hour. I unload all my PTSD woes on him. And he says, well, the Bible talks about PTSD. And I'm like, yeah, nah, eight years parochial <laughs> school, buddy. The Bible talks about love and Jesus doesn't say a word about PTSD. And he says, well, what about David and Goliath? Do you think David had PTSD? I thought about it for a second and lo and behold, okay, maybe David maybe. had PTSD. <laughs> uh, so he goes into story after story in the Bible and they all relate to PTSD and it dawns on me that yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff protect me still is about PTSD. So I, beg, Beth, I wow. beg Jeff to take me through this combat trauma healing manual. Yeah, The first week it's just Jeff and I and I say well I know a guy this might help. Uh, do you mind if I invite him? Jeff's like yeah Please go ahead. So the next week, there's three of us. The next week, there's four. The next week, there's six. The next week, there's eight. The next week, there's 10. And it just grows from there. Um, Right now, we have four groups that meet weekly for combat trauma healing. Uh, We're working continually to plant other groups around Arizona. Uh, So far, I've done about two dozen group plants. They it consists of about six to twelve men, uh combat veterans mostly mm-hmm. that uh just go over Christ centered healing for combat trauma.
0: So is this uh promoted through the VA or how do they find is out not. about you?
1: Mostly it's word of mouth. Oh nice. Um yeah mostly it's Veterans knowing veterans and understanding the healing that they receive from outside
0: this, of outside. Arizona or just Arizona. Or? It, it
1: actually is transitioned to a Zoom and brick and mortar uh, adventure now, nice. so that veterans from outside the state are joining via Zoom into the groups that we currently have.
0: And I would just, I would assume. Sometimes it that can be a bad thing. But I, I'm I'm assuming that uh helping others with the same issue, you're helping yourself.
1: Oh absolutely. Yeah. The Second Corinthians uh chapter one, verse three through five talks about how we receive comfort from Christ and then share that comfort with others so that we then are comforted even more by Christ.
0: Absolutely. Good scripture. Um so you have something here called the Veterans Evangelist Student Venture Club. Is that a branch of what you're talking about? or what it, it
1: is what I do. If they um, students, they probably don't have PTSD. Correct. But, okay. Correct. The, um, the cost of doing this ministry is in getting combat trauma healing manuals, which cost about $15 to $20 each. Mm. So um, doing that was getting cost prohibitive. Yeah. So I asked for support and I joined student venture club as a evangelist, uh, 501 C three to help pay for some of the expenses. Uh, we had to buy a computer, a laptop computer so that Mm. it was mobile to all the different groups. And then a conference speaker, microphone, uh, not quite as fancy as the studio, of course, but it still <laughs> was expensive. So um, between that and being able to take a veteran out to a meal, have a coffee, uh, whatever, when they're going through an anniversary period where uh, something that happened to them in combat is gets rough, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, for example, one of the veterans, his wife just asked him for a divorce. So uh,
0: we're we're approaching our last couple of minutes. Sure. So, are all of these generational military? Just just the current. Oh, it it's all conflicts. Iraq,
1: Afghanistan, or all the way back to Vietnam. Vietnam. Uh, I've talked to a few Korean War veterans, but they haven't joined. But. Uh, a lot of Vietnam veterans yeah. and current conflict veterans. So
0: usually I end the program asking about what your uh after covid thoughts and operations would be. In your case, I think I'm just going to ask um what what do you think your legacy is? What 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 are you doing uh after covid and beyond?
1: After COVID and beyond, uh, we're continuing to expand the combat trauma healing manual groups. Currently I'm working with a gentleman in Prescott, for example, to establish a combat trauma healing manual group there. We had one several years ago, but, uh, the men kind of drifted away to other, uh, healing modalities and still Christian based, but, uh, so we're starting another one up and, uh, just continuing to find ways to bring Christ to hurting men.
0: Scott, thank you so much for being on the Rescuers Radio Show. I'm so thank glad you. that we met, and I was introduced to you by another friend. And, mm-hmm. and uh, just God bless you and, and now and as you continue to heal and heal others in the process. What a great ministry. So, uh, rescues, Rescuers Radio Show is uh, uh, airs every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. at Faith Talk 1360 and faithtalk1360.com. You'll find podcasts wherever you just look for the Rescuers Radio Show. God bless.